0: Welcome to No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times. I'm Stephanie Smittle, and I'm here with Omaya Jones. Hello. Today we're going to start by highlighting some arts and entertainment news. We'll also talk with Brian and Meredith Martin-Moats, two creators and movers and shakers whose work will be on display at this weekend's Spring Bazaar. We'll be right back. Welcome back to No Small Talk, and here are a few things happening in the area that we think you should know about. We talked last week about Trust Tree songwriting camps for girls, programs for girls. Really cool program that Corinne Sparrow of the band uh, Dot, and formerly of this band, Northern State, that was an all-female hip-hop group, uh, has launched this summer camp for uh, basically encouraging young women to figure out their instruments, find their creative voice, write songs, and record them. They had an event to support uh, scholarships for some of those girls at Capitol View Studio last Saturday, and they're doing it again. There's another chance for you to go hear music from local bands, in this case, Tranquilo, Piss and Comets, and Fred at the Whitewater Tavern, Friday, May 18th at 9 p.m. That's 9 p.m. rock and roll time, which may actually be 9 p.m. So a little later than the actual. But possibly 1030. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go at 9, definitely. And just go and support this thing. Uh, so that's Trust Tree Songwriting Camp for Girls. And if you can't make it, they have a GoFundMe page where you can donate from afar. Cool. Also, we discovered Antiquities. Uh, this is the film that a short film That Daniel Campbell uh, made a few years ago and with the help of screenwriter Graham Gordy has been expanded Mm. into this feature-length film and then was filmed here in North Little Rock like a galaxy furniture Um, they had this rigorous 28 day filming schedule it is finally uh, I I guess out of post-production is that the film way to say that
1: yeah a okay,
0: And then it's going to premiere uh, in Hollywood at a festival called Dances with Films. Do you know this I am festival? not familiar
1: with this festival. Nor was but, I. One thing I've learned over the past year is that there are a lot of festivals,
0: uh, and a lot of
1: niche festivals, niche whatever. Um, but so what, what is Dances with Films?
0: It's so, I, I don't know. It's a 10-day festival. It's taking place in Hollywood and part of their premiere... Uh, is going to include antiquities so daniel campbell and uh, graham gordy will be there along with the executive producer gary newton And so I uh, talked with him and asked him about, like, hey, when's it going to come to Arkansas? Mm -hmm. It seems pretty likely. He said that he hopes he can do a screening with uh, crew and cast, investors, sponsors, and audience with the Arkansas Cinema Society, which seems pretty likely because Mm -hmm. Catherine Tucker is Mm -hmm. involved with ACS and then also involved with this film, as is Graham Gordy. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah.
1: Hopefully hope it happens sooner rather than later.
0: I hope so, too, because unlike this premiere in Hollywood, which I'm sure is the right thing to do mm-hmm. for a new uh, emerging film. But the neat thing about it screening here is that potentially people that will come and see it would have been in it or yeah. involved in the filming in some way here in North Little Rock. so very cool so that's antiquities um keep an eye out for an arkansas screening there and then uh, check out all the other cool stuff arkansas cinema society is doing in other arts and entertainment news uh, another arkansas little rock native ben nichols and his beloved rock outfit lucero just uh are dropping a new album among the ghosts it'll be out august 3rd on 30 tigers But in the meantime, they have put two of the tracks up for streaming. So that's For the Lonely Ones and To My Dearest Wife. Uh, Ben Nichols wrote a little bit about the sort of bend of this album. And in that he said, the album is cinematic, but it's a movie I haven't seen. Uh, So that'll be out in August. And check out those tracks at, I think it's luceromusic.com is there.
1: Um, if the album is cinematic do you think that they'll make one of those movie videos to go along with it the way like Chanel just did or Beyonce did with lemonade and several other albums I think
0: I hope so um, I I I'm trying to think about what that last video they did with with uh, mary chamberlain and she's sort of in the snow and it's very cryptic and she's receiving these notes and it's all very urgent um but there's a video that luceria put out to accompany uh, their last album uh that must have been like maybe around this time last year um compelling stuff so certainly within their capability fingers crossed uh also in other tv movie news if you are a fan of survivor on cbs they are evidently uh, doing casting call in Springdale. So you can go try to be on Survivor by going to the Sam's Club in Springdale, Arkansas, between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Saturday, June 2nd.
1: What's the prize for Survivor? Is it money? Is it cash? Uh,
0: gotta assume it.
1: Should cash. I go try out?
0: And tons of fame. I hope you will. I hope you will. I, I hope to see you on Survivor very soon. What is the... In fact, I'll say... If you're on Survivor, that's going to get me to watch Survivor.
1: Really? Well, then maybe I'll, I'll think I'll do it Okay, great.
0: Uh, check out this week's to-do list in the Arkansas Times for a lot more that's happening this week. And we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Stephanie Smiddle. I'm here with Omaya Jones. And I am here with Meredith martin Moats and Brian Moats. Hi. of Bash-O-Bash. <sighs> so first... What Bash-O-Bash? <laughs> Shall I? Yeah, go or,
2: ahead. Yeah. Right, uh, so bash bash is a, uh, a a collection of characters. It's maybe the easiest way to start talking about it. It's a collection of drawn characters uh, that are... Uh, started with basically our kids just kind of goof around and we... Halloween just started, costumes. Ha- that's right. We was a fox and a wolf Halloween costumes, mm-hmm. two of them. And, and I don't even... At this point, I do not remember when or how we decided to say, let's turn these into books, yeah. characters. Uh, I, I I couldn't... I, if I thought about hard enough and sat here silently for a while, I could think of it. But, uh, but basically, yeah, it came down to, let's involve our family in the creation of something new. And then anything was bash-o-bash. Uh, and so we pretty quickly, within a month or two, came up with a story idea for a book. It's the, the arc of my... Uh, professional career has always kind of been slowly tapering off towards uh, illustrating kids' things. I think uh, books, in particular, just by more just by ta- my personal taste. Uh, not really animation like that, but books for sure. And we thought, well, this is a, this is how I can start actually with a, a personal family project. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so Bash o Bash is just the name for the overall big project. Mm-hmm. Of these characters, and and there's a book that we're working called the bulb. We're going to do a picture book. The know, bulb. The bulb. Yeah, the like the light bulb. And it uh, that's sort of our main project, but we do have you know, our own podcast. We we you know, we work on occasionally and get out there and um, and you know I've, I did a comic the other day uh, for the for actually for the same day with Raw Howard you know the, he invited me to. T- to meet with some kids and, and I did a, a comic with a Bash or Bash character for that for that meeting um, and so that's that's the long and short of it um, of what Bash or Bash is I'm sure there's a lot of left out of it but yeah
0: how can people find it
2: people can find it by going to bash or dot com it's bash b-a-s-h o the letter o bash dot com no dashes or anything uh, in the URL that is um, that's the website course there's a Facebook page and an Instagram account.
3: Mm-hmm. I think
2: it's about it. Mm-hmm. And there's the Patreon page. And the podcast uh, page. And the podcast yeah, go. You can go to iTunes and, and look up, uh, or, you know, search search right? Bash or Bash podcast or whatever. Yeah.
0: And so we should say um, that Brian Motes was a former art director here at the Arkansas Times, which is how I know I and some people here at the Arkansas Times became familiar with this work. And... Um, at the time um, uh, at the time when I saw it, one of the first things that stuck out to me about these characters is that you were able to I'm going to try to get this word right out on the first try anthropomorphize them yeah. right? Like they're animals lots of them, but they're people animals mm-hmm. and they come with like people <laughs> characteristics
3: right. Right.
0: right? But one thing that gets really tricky is people also come with, like, different forms of gender expression. Mm-hmm. And so you found a way to sort of really experiment um, with that in these characters, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: In one or two of the characters primarily, I mean, there's, there's what well, we have seven or eight mm-hmm. characters at the most right now that we know we're going to be using, at least in this first story. Uh, and in the foreseeable future, there's, I'm sure, we'll come, the other characters will come and go. But two of them... Uh, yes sir, our, uh, we wanted to um, make sure that you know at least a few of them because as somewhat new parents and our oldest kids are 8 but uh, so I, was, I still think of us as new parents we there's just not a lot of you know just there's not that out there expressing for kids in a in a safe way uh, uh, you know gender expression or uh, you know the, the whole range the spectrum in one way or another or just saying that there are other ways of, of being um, and so part of the reason we went ahead and moved forward with bash bash is just to have something out there in the future for anybody, for, for our kids and, and future kids. Because for all we know, by the time the book is published, our kids won't be interested. But you know, hopefully, be other, yeah. we know for sure. That, you know, there's just no denying there's going to be other kids that will really appreciate it and get something out of it.
3: Well, and it kind of came out of the fact that like, our kids, You know, our oldest kids are our, our boys and identify as boys, but you know, they always were very much like their fingernails and, you know, let's try on this cool skirt or whatever. And I, and I think the thing about it is some people are like, <gasps> you know, but most kids do have like a very gender fluid approach to childhood until they're told not to.
0: I mean, that's and just, and then the hangups are ours as yes, adults. Yes. They're our own hangups. Right? Right. Yes. And,
3: you know, so for us, it was like, just, you know, we just kind of always made it to like, yeah, yeah wear that. That's great. You know, mm-hmm. like just kind of a non-issue. And so, but you know, the drawings kind of came out of like wanting to, find, you know, have a book to where, you know, you, you know, you saw so often you go to the bookstore, the toy store or whatever, and it's like, this is the boy section. This is the girl section. And it's like, you know, that's not actually real in real life. And so, you know, yeah. So we just kind of wanted to have characters, you know, that just made
0: up, you know, what real life is like, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the other piece of this, is, as I have come to understand it, is that a lot of these stories take place in a rural context so can you explain a little bit about how you got there and why that was important to why the setting was important
2: mm-hmm yeah um, well I'll let you talk about this because you speak about it in a really great way and also that you'll probably get to this point as when you, when you when I shut up <laughs> <laughs> is it, that one of the other important parts for bash bash was not uh, not just to represent gender fluid characters or gender questioning characters but also to have characters like we have a single father and and son duo Mm -hmm. uh you know so because that's how often does that get you know just expressed in or or explored in in different ways that relationship and then you know old old characters you know primary characters that are really old (laughs) old, and also abnormal in their own ways just you know because they're you know you know, they don't fit. It fit in certain boxes as far as what an old person should or shouldn't do, or depending on where they're from or not from. That's part of the rural um, mm-hmm. approach or the aspect, the facet that we've included is the whole world of bash bash at this point. Of course, now I'm saying everything I was thinking you would say
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that is that bash bash takes place in rural Arkansas, mm-hmm. and we think if it Really, and I know I, I do all day long when I'm out in the garden or taking care of the chickens, I really think of Basher Basher being in this in that place. Mm-hmm, um, that specific. Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
0: but
3: and the mean,
2: reason, I, and you, you, you say more.
3: Well, I mean, I think, you know, like, um, s- s- well, I mean, I don't do the illustration. I just kind of conceptualize some of the, the writing and stuff. But I mean, for me, it was like um, kind of a merging of both a very specific place with a magical world. Right. So like a, you know, so like these ideas and broad concepts and sort of, um, imagination land, but, a, but grounding imagination land in like very specific creeks and kinds of soil and, um, mountains, you know, and things like that. And I, you know, I think part of that is like, um, you know, just rethinking what it means that to be in a place and, um, I don't know, I always feel like ideas take root when you have a combination of visionary and very concrete reality, right? So you like, you merge the two together, you know, so you're like, kind of imagining what life could be if everyone just got to be themselves. But you're also grounding it in this very uh, specific, um, and, and, and to a lot of people, probably familiar culture. So like, you know, like there's this like granny gopher figure who like collects seed catalogs and you know, and she's, sort of, she's, she's sort of drawn from this, uh, um, sort of coming together of several characters in my own family, as well as Almeida Riddle, who was a, you know, Arkansas folk, folk singer. Granny Will. Yeah. So, you know, so she's, her character is pulled from kind of some of those, um, kind of, um, characters and, um, I'll think of someone else in a minute. But yeah, it just kind of really grounding it in that space. And then also, you know, we mo- recently moved back to a rural area, and I think there's a lot of mythology that's attached to, like, rural life, and some of it is sort of like this, um, you know, people really sort of talk it up as this sort of euphoric place or, you know, this um, place where everything is just awesome and amazing, or people are like, well, that's just where everything bad lives. And it is neither of those things, right? It is just a place like any other place that has specific history and specific, um, you know, things that have led to whatever that place is like at the time. But, you know, it is, it is nothing, I think, to, to over romanticize or to demonize. It's a place. And, you know, and so, yeah, we kind of wanted to, at least for me, I kind of really wanted to explore, you know, um, you know, what it means to, to live in a rural area and, and to and to expand on what, what that could mean without over romanticizing it.
0: Has the story shifted since you've now, since you're now in this space, like mm-hmm. you're in the, a rural place? That's a good question. That is
2: a good question. Uh, and then when you say story, do you mean like the bold or just sort of the over art? The, the stories of these characters
0: have? that you wanted to tell. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: I think it's, is a little bit, it's shifted in that, in that it's just a little bit more informed by daily life. hmm Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of why I, why I think that. Do you? Or-
0: um,
3: I don't know. It Like, well, I mean, I think that. The thing that comes to my mind for that is, like, this is the first story. The Bulb is the first story that we put together, and it's kind of almost done now. The idea is done. It's just the intricacies of putting that book together. But we imagine this to be several series of books over a long, you know, period of time. Mm -hmm. So I think we've kind of come up with maybe new stories that we want um, um, to see. And I think also just, like, in the details. I mean, like, I know one thing that's kind of come up is, like, um, you know better how to draw a sunset in that landscape than we did Mm -hmm. before we left because now we can tell, you know, we garden a lot. So we can tell you the sun comes up at this particular time of the day. The light looks exactly like this. And you do such a great job of like, he always incorporates like these really specific like lighting situations that have to do with like what we see before it was just kind of imagination. And now it's like, or, you know, um, you know, like there's specific plants and stuff that that show up in the gardens of the people there. And those are like drawn from things that. You know, we are having our own garden, or just like um, the house that all the characters kind of congregate at is a what's called a dog trot house, which is like a Ozark architectural kind of design. And so, um, we don't have any dog trot houses near us because most of them like are, have fallen down. But we're dreaming now of building a dog trot house for yeah. ourselves to live in, partially because we've like kind of thought about we, it a lot with this. Yeah. So, what what is the characteristic of a dog trot? So it's like. Okay, I'm probably not going to give you the best example, and my vernacular architecture teacher would probably be like, Meredith, you should remember all the details. But <laughs> what I can tell you is it's essentially um, two kind of cabins with a breezeway in the middle, like dogs would go. Um, so, and in time before air conditioning, it would allow for... Um, you know, lots of airflow, more of circulation. Yeah. yeah, but also it was a way to build head, on.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and also there's real specific functionality to on one side or the other. Right? Yeah, often
3: one side would be like a more like a sleeping quarters, and another side would be more like cooking and mm-hmm. maybe the, uh, living. But this room breezeway kind of,
2: would almost be the size of one of the. So like you know Yeah,
0: run the
3: length
2: um, of yeah.
0: the house. It would be the gap in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I'd imagine then that you would be able more parts of the house would have light, natural light too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's also like a. Not as big of a distinction of what is inside and what is outside, right? It's like a a glorified porch. Like, I mean, it's like a whole house porch, you know? And then you also have a porch in the front, too. But I think part, it also kind of came out from my understanding, it came out of the fact that if you have more like a log cabin structure, because of the way that structure is built, you can't just take a wall off and add on to it. You literally have to build another house on because of the way that lumber situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. works. So you know, people are just like, oh, yeah, we just put a hallway and then put another house. You know, um, and so a lot of times it sh- it also denotes intergenerational living. So like, one generation of a family would live on one side, another generation would live on another side. So it also kind of speaks to this like you know, community and family and, uh, and doing it DIY. I mean, dog trot houses were not rich, rich people houses. They were very functional, you know, kind of working class houses yeah. for the most part. So, um, I'm sure there were some fancy dog trots out there, but, um, yeah, and used to see them a lot around, but they're not as popular now. But we've been kind of like digging into like, well, can, can you build one? Like, yeah. is it economically sustainable to build a dog-tried house? So we'll yeah. get back to you on that. And right. if you so like
2: just... Google or Pinterest, really, you'll see there's a lot of architects like that. They're kind of like reviving it, yeah. trying to make it into a thing. There's That's true. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a movement, but I'm, I'm sure it's, I mean, maybe it is somewhere else, but not here. But because we're trying to move away from that around Arkansas. <laughs> No, so but but there's a lot of architects that are you know mm-hmm. trying to you know maybe capitalize on the mythology and and but also design redesigning it to something that's hip or whatever. So it's really people interesting that
0: have enough distance from it to then. Make it trendy. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Maybe we don't quite have that. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, I yeah. started
3: researching and asking a couple—a guy who built a dog trot shed—and he was like, he was like, "Yeah, it's great. It's really easy. It's actually totally doable." He's like, "You can't resell it though. Just let you know, like, no one's gonna buy it once you like dog trot your house, and you're like, eh, 'Eh, we're not gonna yeah, sell yeah. it anyway.' So, <laughs> you know, but but that was kind of funny too. Yeah. Is like, if you're gonna do that, like, you're not looking to like upgrade your real estate value right. by right. having yeah. done that exactly. <laughs> so um at least not now but like you said i can, mm. I can imagine yeah. that shifting and you know I'm, mm-hmm.
2: it's not what
0: we're aiming for it
3: but
2: yeah exactly
0: well so you um in addition to Basho bash which our listeners can find that whole world of characters at bashobash.com bash.com you have some projects that are sort of peripheral um to that or or maybe have become more central can you talk about some of the other work that you're doing Sure, yeah,
2: you want me, I, uh, yeah. Talk about Macquarie House. I mean, I, I would actually even say it's made even more central than Bastion. it's It's been around longer, and it's it's a big part mm-hmm. of our so Yeah.
3: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, so the Macquarie House is a um community organization in Dardanelle. We have a, a a literal house. Um, very small, seven hundred square feet. Um, on Second Street in Dardanelle, and um, uh, we are a community-run organization with kind of a democratic membership model and. We serve, or we work to bring people together across um, differences to to build a stronger community. So that's obviously a very vague um, sort of vision. But th- the concrete forms that it takes are we have um, a, a garden out front that's um butterfly and bee attracting. And this is a, this, is a, this is from the macro right. house. This is it's a yarrow plant. Yeah, it, doesn't look like, it doesn't look like much now, but put it in the ground and it'll be amazing.
0: And it's like very drought
3: it, Tolerant, is. Right? it is very drought. So the yarrow, we've been growing for a while, and it's kind of, you know, not to be too heavy-handed, but it's kind of a metaphor for our work at the Macquarie House. It's um, It grows wild, but you can cultivate it. Okay. Um. It. What I love most about yarrow in Arkansas, this may not be true in other places, but it sort of will adapt to its surroundings really well. So it's like a, some people, if, if you don't, if you just plant it with nothing else, it can't become invasive. It'll take over. But if you plant it with something else, it, it it's a bit. It's a very cordial sort of plate. It'll like bump up next to it and then it'll be like...
0: Plays well with others. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, it doesn't tend to like just sort of like, you know, run over all the other plants. Or at least that's been my experience. Um, It has a long history of being a medicinal herb. Um, Apparently a lot of witches are into it. I discovered recently Um, it has, you know, a lot of like grainy herbal lore attached to it. Like people have used it to stop bleeding in the past and... um, yeah, so, but, you know, and it's also, but, you know, that my favorite part of it is it depends on who you talk to. It's also, like, a weed. Some people are like, whatever, it's a weed. So, that's kind of my favorite part about it is it's, like, you know, it's literally all around us. And if you start, like, looking for it, you can find it everywhere. People just mow it down. We don't know what it is. But if you let it grow, it, like, flowers and, like can be white pink yellow so that's kind of a metaphor for our work in some ways you know it's just it's hardy and medicinal and um utilitarian and it's not you know it's not the sort of most showy plant but it's a hard working plant you know like it does hard work and it's hard to kill it it is really hard to kill it and um so and it grows by rhizomes which are if you're familiar you know with gardening um are like the things that grow underground and then shoot back up so like you could plant your yarrow like one place and it'll, which is partially what can make it invasive if you don't, you know, plant it with other things. But um, it can, will grow underground for a while and then pop up here. So you can literally like take a spade in the middle of yarrow and like divide it in four quarters and you have four yarrow plants. So, because of the way it the, grows off by rhizomes, these offshoots, so it's always kind of growing off from its original plant, and it eventually becomes impossible to tell what is the original yarrow and what is all of its offshoots.
0: Okay, this cool metaphor things. is getting deep. I know, right? <laughs> so, like so <laughs> <Right>. multi-layered.
3: <laughs> so, but yeah, so we like, one of the things is we started with a couple and we've just divided them, and now we just sort of let it move the garden forward. So anyway, yeah, the Yarrow kind of, we started out with the idea, of the metaphor. And then the more we paid attention to, it, it was like, oh, this works. We're learning. Like, I feel like we learn a lot from it. Yes. Yeah, so we do community events and we do once a month skill shares, and, um, we, uh, um, have the gardens. And this year we got in a partnership with Arkansas tech university. So they, um, they, we have members of, or we got granted the $100 solution. So now we have Berries. We have raspberries, blueberries, muscanines, and blackberries for to just give away to the community. So, and one of the reasons you know with berries are like you go to the store and it's so expensive mm-hmm. to buy fresh berries, but it's really easy to grow them. Like once you get established, it's just one of those things where you got to have an initial investment. Like it took a hundred dollars to put those berry plants in, but we can return that and have. Years thousands of, of dollars worth right. of berries off of it over the course of several years. And then once our berries start growing, we can divide those and give those away and hopefully give more people berry plants. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do. We have a lot of focus on caregiver stuff. But, I mean, you know, We it's, you have the diaper bank. We have a cloth diaper bank, which is not just for our community. If
0: people are listening yeah, so to this sh- and they they'll ship diapers. out? will ship
2: out boxes of cloth, cloth diapers, just we new do. mothers or mm-hmm. parents that need them.
0: And that's part of McElroy House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. So
3: yeah, cloth diapers for, you know, again, they're very helpful for caregivers, but it's like the berry plants, like they require an initial upfront of, um, you know, investment, which can be two to $300. And if you're a working class parent, you don't have $300 right. to, you know, put on cloth. It may be the only 300 you spend for diapering the whole child's life, but if you don't have $300 at once, it's not a good deal mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. makes way more sense to go out and spend just you know five bucks here seven bucks here so but but people have donated diapers to us and now we can offset that initial cost and so people just get them for free and they we're very um We are not, uh, we don't have a lot of strings or you just come, you sign a piece of paper that says the best of your, your ability, you'll take care of them. And if you, you know, they're still in good shape when you're done, you return them, we disinfect them, we loan them out to another family. And then we also ask people that if they are able to then pay it forward by volunteering with the bank and helping out another caregiver in the future. So, you know, there's not a lot of, we don't ask for people's income or, you know, it's just, if you can use it, you can take it.
0: So people can catch up with the work that you do at McElroy House where? Probably the best is Facebook. Okay. We have a, we have a blog page, like a
3: webpage, but it doesn't it right very well to be frank with you. So, um, I think fa- Facebook, yeah, just look for McElroy House. We post regular pictures and updates and then we have an email list that we just started doing called the weekly seedling. <laughs> and it's like. Actually, it's a lot of pictures of plants growing, so <laughs> um, you can sign up for that. And just go to our Facebook page, and there's information about how to sign up.
0: So that's on Facebook at it's M C E L R O Y House, mm-hmm. and then people can catch up with you guys in real life at the is it the Spring Bazaar, the Caddiwampus yes. Co-op?
2: Yeah, come come see us um, uh, in our booth at the Caddywampus Spring Fest Spring. Festo? Spring something. Spring Bazaar. Spring Zap. Yeah, Spring
1: Bazaar.
2: Uh, spring Bazaar, that's right, yes. Uh, on the 19th at the at the uh, Blue Canoe Brewing Warehouse. It's open from 10 to 10 a.m. to mm-hmm. p.m. And we'll be there with prints fun stuff and cookies. That's the last thing I'm going to say. Is we, one of the other things we're doing right now, partly to make ends meet, but also because it's fun of you make ends meet, but also because <laughs> it's fun and because we are good at it together. But is Meredith does a lot of amazing baking, in like in this bag. We're leaving this with you guys. All right. Um, cookies, uh, fried pies that are to die yeah, for. Yeah, but
3: we're, we're only
0: gonna so, have yeah, one thing there, so and it's a Bash-O-Bash At bash the
2: basher bash bash booth, we're gonna have a Basho bash special limited edition cookie
0: limited i love it so that's saturday may 19th from 10 to 10 and that's a blue canoe brewing warehouse that is at 1637 east 15th street in little rock um so you'll be there with all sorts of other makers and vendors there'll
2: be a sneak peek of the book too
0: fantastic so you get to see a sneak peek of the bulb so check out the work that the Moats do at bashobash.com and at McElroy House on Facebook. Catch them on the 19th at the Cattywampus Co-op Spring Bazaar. And thank you so much for being here and talking with us about your work. Yeah, thank you for having, having us. us. Thank you. Yeah, this is a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks. A uh, this is No Small Talk, the arts and entertainment podcast for the Arkansas Times, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to No Small Talk. And finally, we're going to wrap up with some recommendations. Omaya, do you have a recommendation?
1: I do. So my recommendation is happening Saturday night, May May 19th, at Pinnacle Mountain State Park. Uh, The Central Arkansas Astronomical Society is having what... uh, I'm not sure if this is the first of their regular star parties for the year, but it's a star party. So what they do is, at the Visitor Center of Pinnacle Mountain State Park in the parking lot. Uh, all these guys, they bring up their super powerful, expensive telescopes, uh-huh. and you can look at the stars, Okay. and the planets, and uh, formations, and it's really cool because they also, they have these super powerful laser pointers, so even if you don't know exactly where you're looking when you're not looking through the telescope, like, they can point at things oh in the sky gosh. with these laser pointers. Um, and but it's,
0: wait, like, they... Like a little red dot and you can see it on?
1: Well, it sort of it tells you where to point your eye to see like okay. a, a, a constellation or something. And uh, it's cool because uh, it's this area of the city that's still super dark at night. So you mm-hmm. get real good visibility as long as it's not cloudy. And I'm not, I haven't looked at the weather, but I assume the weather's going to be nice. Uh, fingers crossed. Let's
0: assume that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I've heard about these star parties and I don't know why I assumed they would... I envisioned them taking place like on the trail somewhere mm. but uh there'd be a lot of work to get up to the top with all those yeah
1: all equipment well with like the heavy telescopes and it's you know it's pitch black so it's probably just not okay
0: not advisable thing. <laughs>
1: Um but yeah so I haven't been to one in a while but they're really cool and I think there's even there's there's like a state rep that I think I don't know if he's always there mm-hmm. but he's part of the group and he, like, he has a telescope I have th- I think i've seen him out there before and he's the one who has a bill that they sometimes bring up about um light pollution
0: oh yeah, yeah. uh-huh uh-huh yeah. and maybe on his mind because as we encroach ever further toward like mm-hmm. roland and natural steps in the pinnacle area maybe that's jeopardized right
1: yeah and i think i've been up to their 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 um clubhouse and on- it is where you can see this with the encroachment of the city and the light getting closer and closer Mm -hmm. uh and i think it's frustrating because when you talk to people about light pollution as a the solution is not that complicated it's essentially what you would do is just put a cone on the street lights that directs the light downward,
0: downward instead of upward
1: yeah yeah and and it's relatively cheap you can do it sort of as you're replacing bulbs like you don't have to do it all Mm -hmm. at once it's And I don't know why we wouldn't just do it.
0: Yeah. What is the hesitation? Is it because because that's so decentralized, like municipalities and states would have to do that of their own accord? Uh, I don't know.
1: I mean, I guess the legislature has a bill that would address this. So I think it's got to be something where it's an issue that just most people don't care about. Mm -hmm. And there's just not a lot of mobilization around it.
0: Yeah. 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 I get that. Like it's hard for people to prioritize light pollution when they have education Mm -hmm. on their minds or things that are, you know, feel more pressing, but also that is sort of one of those things that's like death by a thousand cuts too, Mm -hmm. you know, all of a sudden we'll look around and like the animals have all changed their patterns because we're (laughs) shining light in their faces.
1: So the star party, uh, did I say what time it was? No,
0: Pinnacle Mountain, Pinnacle Saturday Mountain, night.
1: Saturday night at 8.30 to
0: 10.30. Okay, dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Star party. Um, I'm going to suggest that you do that and, and look upward for meaning, but also if you need some wild, really danceable, but aggressive music, in your headphones while you do that or while you drive out. You should listen to the new album from The Body. Uh, The Body is a duo, Lee Buford and Chip King, who have some pretty strong Arkansas connections and their new album is called I Have Fought Against It But I Can't Any Longer. Uh, They are, if you've ever been to one of their shows, you will maybe know that you can literally feel their music in your body. So it is so loud um, and such an assault of sound that you can feel uh, the pulses and the changes in the music uh, in your chest. And it is, you know, a very vibrating, active, I would almost say like performance art. They sort of get lumped in with metal, mm-hmm. but they don't really have anything musically that makes them metal I think other other than that they're just loud and so people tend to group them with other loud bands and most a lot of other loud bands are metal bands uh, their last album they said uh, it's called No One Deserves Happiness and they said about that album that it was inspired by like Taylor Swift and pop music And I don't know what people will think about this new one, but I would encourage you to listen to it and tell us what you think about the body's new album. It's called, I fought against it, but I can't any longer for me. It is like almost as if they took that same principle of pop music, like the body style and did that same thing with sacred music. So like there are lots of whirring sounds and lots of sort of um, noise, but then they juxtapose that by placing women's voices mm-hmm. above that, which is an exercise in contrast, really. Like you have this dense, dense thicket of sound. And then a uh, vocalist like uh, Marley Armstrong was on the last album. And Chrissy Wolpert from this band called uh, the Assembly of Light Choir is uh, is here on this album. And even when those women are doing something that's super like visceral and guttural and maybe deep, their voices just have a higher center of gravity that it contrasts with what the body is doing instrumentally. Um, Super fun. Check it out. They have a track on there called the West has failed. Uh, Probably the most body ish track on there. And so that's my recommendation. The new album from the body. Cool.
1: And do you have a move for the week?
0: I do. So if you've listened to this podcast with Brian and Meredith Martin Motes. Maybe you already know that uh, the move that you sh- should consider is uh, Spring Bazaar, which is this Saturday at Blue Canoe Brewing Warehouse. All the cool kids of handmade art. Stacey Bowers of Bang Up Betty, Jordan Wolf and her earrings, Shire Post Mint, and their licensed coins from Game of Thrones and other sorts of nerdy places. Also, Jamie Lewin the Hall of Blue is playing. Uh, but... If that's not your move, let me throw this move your way. There is a new exhibition from Diane Harper and Robert Bean sharing a show called You Are Not Alone. It's opening this Saturday at Gallery 26, and it looks really cool. Um, 7 p.m. is the reception for that. It's at 2601 Cavanaugh Boulevard. They'll have music from the band called Opera, which I'm intrigued by. And then this amazing art. So... This is Diane Harper. Um, Her style right now, I guess I should say, because it changes a lot, is these sort of hard line drawings with um, uh, watercolor-y splotches. To me, they're all creatures, but it's only sometimes clear what kind of creatures they are. They're
1: like just the various parts of different creatures mashed together, maybe? Uh Or like, uh, there's a, listeners, I don't think I can do these images justice but
0: we'll, we'll cross post them yeah. on the on the blog post so you can understand like this yeah like a
1: dog snail is sort of if I was to describe this in film terms I would say it looks like a creature out of like a Cronenberg movie or maybe the creature from John Carpenter's the thing okay um, there's something unsettling about a lot of these myths. me I, I,
0: I agree think I think things. to me her stuff is like this is there's so much conflict Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of conflict in these. I would be so curious to see if she feels that way or if she thinks like, oh no, they're very peaceful. But to me, there's there's so there's a lot of mm-hmm. um, energy and motion and and and, um, and blood. Yeah. maybe you know.
1: I think there there are elements of it where you can sort of rest, and then maybe something in here. There's blues and blacks and some mm-hmm. reds, and I think there are parts of the blues where you could get lost, and maybe that would be peaceful. But the red feels very violent.
0: Very much so. And blood Um Just, you know, the circle of life kind of bloody brutality. And then contrast that with Robert Bean's stuff, which is very, uh, to me, like this, so like the formality of mm-hmm. Japanese art, where it's presented on a, like as if it were on a panel, mm-hmm. Um, and then lots of geometric backgrounds, but then there are these women in the forefront that are very Grecian, like they the cut of what they're wearing, particularly particularly this uh, one woman that's wearing this sort of a Grecian goddess cut dress, um, really gorgeous stuff, mm-hmm. and I. I don't know Robert Beans work very well but I know that he incorporates a lot of poetry into his work and mm-hmm. so his poems are etched along the outside of these panels as if the words are the border oh, that's cool. very cool stuff all uh, Robert Beans stuff is in black and white and Diane's is very staunchly colored so check that out it's called you are not alone it'll be open for a while at Gallery 26, but this Saturday night is the time to catch the opening, and that's 7 p.m. 2601 Kavanaugh Boulevard. That's that little spot mm-hmm. right by, um, like before, like between Milo mm-hmm. and Camuri, uh, if you know those two places up on Kavanaugh, sort of by yeah. Cafe Bossa nova that area. Yeah, yeah cool. very cool. Well, this has been No Small Talk, uh, episode 16. Thanks so much for sticking with us, and we'll be back next week.